You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. John 8, 3-11. And it says, Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. All right, so Father God, thank you so much for your grace and your love that you show us through this verse. And Lord, I just pray that you just speak through me and that the words that come out of my mouth will show grace and love and that people will be able to feel that. So thank you for your goodness, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. So I love, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because we see here where Jesus loves. He has unconditional love for us. And with his unconditional love, he has amazing grace towards us. And I think we all can somehow relate. It's one of those things where, have you ever did something where you knew you did wrong, but you didn't pay the price? And you're like, I'm so glad. I think we've all been there some point in our life. It's like you go to a party and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm kicking it with all my friends. I'm having so much fun. And then all of a sudden, hey, hey, dude, hey, hey, yo, hey, you you want to take some of this? It's just a line. Come on. You got to take this line. It won't hurt you. It's just one line. Come on, come on. And here you are, you're so tempted because everyone else around you, they're like, man, everyone else is having an amazing time. It's only one line. All right, let me check it out. All right. That felt so good. (laughs) And here you are, you're like having a blast, the time of your life. And then here you are, oh, it just fades away in 15 minutes. And then, oh, let me try it again. Here you are, and a second time. And then 15, 20 years later down the road, here you are. Here we are. 
drugged out, addicted. We're maybe on the streets. We can maybe barely live. And maybe you could be on the deathbed, but you're still living because there's the grace of God that loves you so much and you're still alive and he hasn't given up on you. It's like having too much to drink and you keep drinking over and over again and you're intoxicated. You have to go to the hospital because you're ready to die, but you live. You should have died, but you lived because Jesus loves you so much. Did we deserve it? No. We chose the actions to do where we ended up. And that's the grace of God. And we see here the grace and love of God that he has for every single person. God is so loving. He's so loving. He loves every single person. Everyone. And so we might ask, what is love? That's a question I hear all the time. What is love? And I love this verse. This is actually my favorite verse in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes and always perseveres. Love never fails. And so as disciples of Christ, that's how it says that in John 13, 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so it's awesome because we see here what love is. And if we display what love is, we become disciples of Christ. And I love that because even though we're not deserving of his love, God still loves us where we're at. And I want to dig deeper into this, of the story and how much God loves us. He loves us so much that he doesn't look at us in the outward of our actions. He looks deeper into our hearts. And my first point I want to talk about is how God sees us through a different lens. He doesn't see us through the lens of the outer appearance. He sees us through the lens of who we are inside. So the first point is intentions. God sees our intentions. So it says here, John 8, 3 through 6, Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to her teacher, This is a woman who was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which is to accuse him. But then Jesus stood down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. We see here that the Pharisees had different intentions. I think this is so unfair because even in the book, it says whoever's caught in adultery, well, committing adultery is a, takes two to tango. <laughs> it's not a one-person tango thing. And so here, these Pharisees, they grab this, the woman only. What happened to the man? What happened? So it got me thinking, why wasn't the man there? Did they intentionally set this woman up? And so they left the guy because this was an intention to accuse this woman. Why wasn't he there to be stoned as well? It was just the woman. We know right here because of their intentions of their heart. They wanted to find a reason 
to condemn Jesus. So we see here that God looks at the heart. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. And we see this all the time. We see this in King David, who he was a man who murdered. He committed adultery. He did a whole bunch of stuff. And God said, he's a man after my heart. And I remember I was talking to this pastor. And they were in a different country. And God called them to move to a city nearby. And when I was having lunch with her, I was talking to her. This was a while ago. She said, um, when we started the ministry, they were so poor that they couldn't afford milk for their babies. And she told me, well, during this stage, she had to go to the grocery store and she stole milk. And I, that story never left my heart. One, she was a pastor in leadership. And I thought, wow, I could, there's two ways to look at this. If I'm gonna look at the outer appearance, what man would judge? would probably say, oh, she's a thief. She's a bad woman, she's a sinner, she should go to hell. Or, if you will look through what, what God's eyes, a different perspective as well. She was a bold woman who loved her children so much that she would risk her life to go to jail for her own children. What are her motives? What are her intentions? Was, was it right for her to do what she did? No, absolutely not. But as a mother, she would do anything she would do anything for her children. And it really touched my heart. It's like, wow. And I really feel like that's a place where God's heart is. It's like he looks be deeper into our soul, our being. And so I want to come to point two, how much God loves us. See, it says John 8, 7 through 8. It says, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to him, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Wow. So this is a place where this woman that was caught in adultery, that the law said she deserves to die, and not even just die, but a brutal death. Can you imagine being stoned alive? That sounds like a really scary way. I think it's easier to be shot <laughs> than being slowly died from these big, huge stones. And see here, we see that Jesus stepped in and he pretty much said to them, have you sins? <laughs> Why should you condemn her? He stepped in even though she deserved death because that's what the law said. But here's the thing, Jesus loves us so much. He loves us so, so much. He looks beyond. He's always giving us a second try. He's always giving us second chances and third chances and, and fourth chances because of the love that he has for us. You know, it, it's so easy to uh, be so judgmental over people. It's easy to look at people on the outside, but we forget that judging other people and looking at other people's circumstance, we don't know what's really going on internally. We don't know their intentions. And also, who are we to judge? We're not God. We don't know what is going on in people's lives. 
But who is the ultimate judge? Who has the right to judge is, is God himself. For it says in Romans 14, 10 through 12, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give accounts of ourselves to God. I believe that's so true. It's so easy that, you know, it's easy to look at people on the outside, but God wants to look us in the inside. And it reminds me of this story of this person that came and pretty much was drunk and came in and said, I don't believe this is a Christian church, you know? And uh, I said, what do you mean? And he pretty much said, well, do you guys stand for, you know, gays and lesbians? And I wasn't able to fully speak up. And he's like, oh, I thought so. And he was already drunk. And then he was like, this is not a Christian church and just left. And then I remember thinking, well, I feel like it's so easy to judge people. It, we obviously, and it was funny, it had humor to it because he came in when he was drunk himself. And, and I'm thinking, okay. And where we stand in this church is that we believe that God loves everyone. That's where we stand. For it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say God so loved the world except for gays, lesbians, murderers, except for uh, drug addicts, except for this long list. It says God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son. That means everyone. It's like, why are we here judging people's lives and, and where they're at when God loves everyone and he died for everyone? And I, this is my favorite verse that I always repeat over and over because it has impacted me so much. It's the kindness of God that brings people to repentance, that really changes and transforms. I remember I, I spoke to someone who, um, he had a divorce and he told me he had a divorce because his wife was horrible drunk. He said he still loved her so much. And so even during the divorce, she would call him up and she would be drunk and she would ask for help and he would go and help her. But he, it just angered him. It angered him so much because he was such a drunk. And then she would go back to rehab and then it was just back and forth for three, four years. And he said, I don't wanna, he's like, I, I love her so much, but I don't wanna be with her. And, and you know, I, I, I'm starting to lose hope that this family can be restored. And I said, just keep showing her kindness because even though that she falls back, she keeps going back to rehab. And his hope just started dwindling down. I said, don't give up on her, don't give up on her, keep continuing. And then last week, I got a praise report and said she's been off. She's been good, um, not going back to alcohol within the last two, three months. And now their family's slowly starting to be restored. And I believe it's because he never gave up on her. He kept showing her kindness. He kept showing her love. Even though it took three, four years for that family, and they're still working. But I really feel like it's a power of love, of not giving up one another to see the transformation. Because imagine if he was never there for her, she would probably be in a deeper depression. She would have no hope of maybe even restoring the family and probably be in deeper into becoming an alcoholic and maybe even passing away. But because of his kindness, he kept find, trying to find hope and he kept being there for her. Even though she was drunk, she might be at the bar and she calls and says, hey, can you pick me up? And he does it anyways. And I thought that was so powerful. 
that his kindness, never giving up, is now slowly restoring the family back together. And I love that. I want to talk about my third point. Is uh, once you have an encounter with God, when you have this encounter, that's where transformation happens. So in John 8, 9 through 11, it says, Then those who heard it, being convicted by the conscious, went out one by one, being with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus told the other people to pretty much be quiet. And then when he addressed the issue, it was between her and Jesus. It was between her and God. And it was through his kindness. It was him protecting her and saving her life that I bet she left transformed. And it reminded me of an experience of when I had my first encounter with Jesus. And I remember it was where my mom would say, hey, there's a, a a woman from Chicago and she had this vision and dream to do a revival service at the small Korean church and she's like I want this lady to pray for you and I said nah I don't want her to pray for me <laughs> I was like no because I don't speak Korean and I'm not gonna understand it any ethnic church takes hours <laughs> and so she's like no please let me you know I really want this lady to pray for her for you and so I said, fine, fine. I was like 16 years old, and I went into this revival service. I didn't grow up in a spirit-filled church, so I thought that the gifts of the spirit weren't real. I thought all that stuff happened in the Bible days, and they weren't real. So I entered into a church service, and I felt a different atmosphere. It was so strong. I was like, whoa, what is this? And then all of a sudden, I see people at the altar, and all of a sudden, the first time we see someone being casted out, a demon cast it out. And then all of a sudden I heard someone speak in an unknown language, speaking in tongues. And I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. And then all of a sudden people are being slain in the spirit. And someone just announces that they were healed from cancer. And all these things were going on. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on here? This is crazy. And I remember at, at the end of the service, my mom said, can you pray for my daughter? And uh, she started praying for me, and she gave me a prophetic word. And I didn't get the full interpretation because my mom was interpreting it. Um, but some of the things that she said was, you know, just being a woman of God, and that I was going to be a woman who moves in the spirit, and that I was going to marry a pastor. And obviously, that word came to pass, right? I met the love of my life, and I'm so happy and blessed. And I remember after that revival service, I came home, and I said, I was crying. Because I said, God, you love me so much. Like, at that point in my life, I didn't really believe God was real. I was like, are you real? And at that time, I was into street racing. And uh, my boyfriend and I at the time, we were just, we were like far away from God. We, we were living right. We were just doing our own thing as young teenagers. When I got that word, I said, wow, Jesus, you love me so much, even though I don't even believe in you at that time, but you have called me to such a big purpose 
you would even call me to a pastor when I don't even really believe in you. And I just encounter the love of God. Like, I don't deserve this. I'm screwed up. I messed up. But you still haven't given up on me. Not only have you haven't given up on me, but you've given me amazing calling. And so it was that encounter that really got me. And, and I said, God, I love you so much. I can't believe your kindness brought me into a place of God use me. Brought me into a place of surrender. And ever since then, I, I, I've never turned my back on God. It's Jesus, I love you. I'm not perfect. Even to this day, I'm not. But God, I love you. Use me the way, as much as you can. And I talk about this message because I don't know if there have been people here who have maybe went away from God because maybe people or the church have hurt you. And, and I, this is so strong for me because I want people to know that Jesus loves you where you're at, that you don't have to be perfect, that he loves you so much. And I, I don't know if the church really remembers how much Jesus loves each and every person individually, no matter how screwed up we are. And in order to feel that love, in order to feel that amazing grace that we don't deserve, in order to feel that encounter, we first have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So right now, every head bowed. And right now I'm going to ask, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to encounter this love, just slowly raise your hand, no eyes looking, no one's looking. Thank you. So right now, just everyone repeat after me, Father God, thank you for dying for the cross on my, for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And now I declare heaven is my home. Jesus name and I pray for every person that maybe wants an encounter or they want to know this love like you've never felt the love of God if you've never felt the love of God or never really felt his grace and you want to feel it right now raise your hand every, every hand raised even if you have Let's just pray that everyone here just has more portion of God's love and grace and encounters. So, Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, I just pray that every person here will begin to feel just a new level of your love. And will begin to feel a new level of your grace. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit. I pray that a double portion of anointing will just fill this room. That your hand will be upon every single person here. And that would, they will just come feeling alive, feeling your anointing, feeling your love, feeling your grace. Thank you, God, so much. Move in powerful ways through every person here. And we thank you so much for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to one 305 2303
Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.